So for my second episode, I wanted to I wanted to start off where I left off on the first episode. Like I got a job, I got a car. But really I just I'd rather get it out the way how I went to prison for the first time uh, or jail for the first time and then, you know, started on this path to <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> I was I got a car. It was a Camaro and I'd been sleeping in that thing 14, 15, 16, 17 years old and um I got to college and I went to college and um I ended up in this Camaro, you know, and sleeping in this Camaro and I got a job at Denny's and I was living in Tempe and I was going to school in Collins and it was a for-profit college. Thank God for that. So I didn't have to pay for it at the end. <laughs> but um <clears throat> we didn't know that back then though. We just we don't we know we know it for now. Like that's what we call it a for-profit college. It was made to make money for these people. Anyway, so I'm 17 years old and I got this apartment and I'm alone in a two bedroom and I was remember feeling so lonely and I was already working at Denny's maybe for three or two or three months. I went early because I wanted to get a job and all this stuff and I remember the the Denny's was on Priest and Broadway. Um, so if you're ever in Tempe, <laughs> Arizona, but um, <clears throat> I ended up driving and on Hardy, there's this Domino's and there's a bench there and it's raining and it rarely rains in Phoenix. It rarely rains, but it's two o'clock in the morning. And I remember seeing this girl and I'm like, hey, you know, hi. I rolled down my window and I'm like, do you need a ride? And she's all like, no, I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I, I go to college. I go to Collins. And she's like, oh, I know that school. She's like, I go to ASU. It's like up the street, down the street from me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to Denny's. Do you want to eat something? You know, I work there. And, you know, she's talking to me. And she's like, sure, sure. And you got to remember it's raining. And she puts her bag in the back of the Camaro. And she gets in. And we start driving. <clears throat> and we're eating. And we're talking. And we're laughing. And she's telling me about her life. And she says, yeah, my boyfriend kicked me out again. And I'm like, wait, again? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, this is a terrible boyfriend. And she's probably 23. And you got to remember, I'm 17. And I just tell her, you know, I need a roommate. This would be great. I, I I would love a roommate. And she's like, how much is rent? And I'm like, 450 And she's like, that's as cheap as my place. She's like, that's fantastic. And I'm like, oh, great. So she moves in. And about a week goes by. And we don't really talk to each other. I just remember how happy she was because she worked right across the street from where I lived. I lived in Haven. I don't know what it's called now. But across the street, there's this Burger King. And it's on McClintock. And she would she would look over. She's like, oh, I work at that hookah bar. It's right behind Burger King. And I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome that you work at that hookah bar. I live next to there. And it all worked out. And a week went by. <clears throat> and I'm eating my cereal in the morning. And I remember her, you know, coming to me and. She sat down and she looked all like, you know, like she wanted to ask me something. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, if you lost your job, you have, you know, you played your rent already. So you have a whole month to figure that out. She's like, no, no, no. I wanted to ask you. I have a friend that needs a place to stay. And I'm like, your boyfriend's not moving in here. Like, I'm not doing that. She's like, no, 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 no. It's a girlfriend. It's a friend. She's a girl. She has no place to go. She's sort of like me. She's sort of stranded. And I told her you only charge $450 for rent and she could stay in my room. And I'm like, I, I don't know. The, the room is sort of small. Like it's, 
you know, it's really tiny. And she goes, well, she goes, you furnished, you furnished all my stuff. She goes, you know, I don't mind, you know, if she stays with me. She goes, she needs a place and she's willing to pay you. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, if that's what you want to do. And she's like, yeah. She's like, um, she's like, she, you, can you furnish her bed too? And back then I was taking from the back of Goodwill. <laughs> I shouldn't admit to all this, but back then, you know, people would just throw things in the back of Goodwill or in the back of places. And, you know, there was nobody that I, I didn't know why they were back there in the beginning. I just saw an alley and stuff was back there. And I'm like, hmm, why is this stuff back here? <laughs> and I'd get off like at two or three o'clock in the morning. Or, you know, sometimes early in the morning at work, three o'clock in the morning, and I'd be, you know, driving home and I'm like, well, all this stuff is here. I should pick it up. <laughs> and I just started furnishing my apartment. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I furnished her bed. And um, sometimes I shop there. Sometimes I hide things so I can shop there <laughs> at a later date for. But um, it was a different time. And, uh, you know, you got to remember cell phones just came out. You know, the razor had just come out. You know, the iPhone was barely coming out. Uh, the iPhone came out in 07, so 06, 07. So, yeah, I mean, it was that first iPhone. Imagine have, seeing the first iPhone, but it's like $1,500. Nobody could afford it, so nobody had it. Um, or not in my neck of the woods. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I ended up furnishing the girl's apartment. And <clears throat> and maybe, I don't know, I, I, I was sitting on the couch and I was thinking, I should do this. Like, this is something I can do. You know, I'm, my apartment's paid for at this point. If I move in two more girls, you know, I'd be making an additional $900. Like, this is great. Maybe I should do that. So it took me maybe three or four months, but I finally got a good set of girls. And they were paying the apartment and they were paying me. And back then, you know, you could just go to Wells Fargo or whatever. You know, tell them your name, tell them your phone number. They could pull up your account and they could pay you. So, you know... um, uh, what should I call the first girl? I don't want to call out anybody's name and then they'll be like, ooh. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm going to call it, uh, well, one was black haired and one was blonde. So I guess just call them brunette and blonde. But brunette is who I started with. That's who I picked up in the rain. And I told brunette, hey, uh, and blonde was her best friend. So I just told her, hey, you know, uh, brunette, can you just, you know, because they were trying to kick me out. They were like, hey, are you ever moving out? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's my apartment. <laughs> And no, but there was four girls there. And I just told Brunette, like, you know, I don't care how many girls move in here. I don't care what you do. Just be sure to send, you know, the <clears throat> the payment to me. And uh, every time somebody's here, subtract $100 from your rent. So right now there's three girls here, you know, so you could subtract, you know, 300 bucks from your rent. And so I told her like that and she paid 150 and she thought it was a heck of a deal. And yeah, I lost $350, but I'm thinking maybe she'll move in more girls. And that's how I was thinking. And of course she eventually did, but you know, sometimes she couldn't hold them. So I don't think girls like to be cramped up anyway, or sleeping on a couch or, you know, whatever, but they partied a lot. <clears throat> that's for sure. That's probably my fault. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she would just, I would just see the money in the bank account and, um, after a while, yeah, I moved out and I got another apartment right across the street, like going down McClintock and there was another apartment there and they just, they didn't ask for anything. They'd asked for first and last month's rent. I paid that. They said, Hey, can you prove that you make three times the rent? And of course I didn't, but, <laughs> but, uh, I went to, um, 
my my manager at Denny's and I told him to write me a letter of recommendation just saying, hey, I make at least twenty seven hundred dollars on tips or something. And he was like, yeah, man, OK, I don't want you to be homeless. And I'm like, you're awesome. And uh, I want to shout out. Thank you for that. I don't know. I don't know if you're hearing this, but <laughs> he's probably an old man by now. But uh, um, but uh, yeah, I ended up getting the apartment and it was a four bedroom. <clears throat> my first apartment was a two bedroom. And I ended up moving in, you know, first I tried guys, it didn't work out. I think the month or two, it didn't work out. So I, I, I scrapped that idea and started moving in girls again. And, uh, yeah, I ended up getting four girls in there and I got blonde cause there was too many girls in the other apartment. So I got blonde to come on over and run this apartment. I said, Hey, can you do the same thing as brunette? And she said, yeah. And I told her, I made her the same deal. You know, you get more girls in here, let your, you know, your rent goes down by a hundred bucks. Here's my phone number and pay me. And she's like, okay, okay. So I ended up getting another apartment, but this one was just a bit one bedroom and I ended up sleeping there alone. And I thought, well, I'm already making money. Um, there's no need to keep doing this. You know, two apartments is enough and I'm getting paid pretty good. So, you know, it's just like an extra income, $2,000 or whatever every month, uh, more or less. And, <clears throat> you know, yeah, it was, it was good times and I'm still going to college and I started my bachelor year and, <laughs> And everything was going really well. Well, Blonde calls me and she says, hey, Brunette has a TV in the living room and our TV just broke. Can you, you know, there's no need to get another one. Can you just bring me brunettes? And I go, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So I got off work like at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And, you know, I, I went to Brunette's house. I couldn't. The TV was so clunky and so heavy. And I, you know, I got it out of the apartment and. It wouldn't fit in the damn Camaro. It wouldn't fit. So I thought, you know what? I'll just grab a basket. Not a big deal. I'll take it across the street. It's, you know, I just got to pass a CVS and, you know, I just got to get into the next apartment complex. It's not a big deal. So, you know, I grabbed a a basket and I put the TV in there and I start walking out with it out of the complex and halfway down the street, um, a cop pulls me over you know a cop puts his lights on and he's speaking spanish to me and i speak spanish so you know he just ¿Qué estás haciendo? and i'm like well what are you doing and i'm like oh well you know as those mujeres right these girls and he's like what girls and i'm like well these girls in my apartments he goes how many apartments do you have i said well three and right there he was like where's your papers and i'm thinking in my head like papers like papeles like papers for for the apartments or something. I'm like, oh, I don't have papers. I don't have paperwork. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, you fit a description. And at this time, again, this is another thing I didn't know. Joe Apayo was the sheriff and he was literally putting Mexicans in buses and taking them to Tent City. And Tent City was literally what I'm, it's literally tents. Like, it's crazy. Uh, they shut that, they shut that place down now. And I think Trump gave, um, pardoned Joe Apayo for all this, but Anyway, they were, you know, taking in Mexicans like crazy. So, you know, he detains me. After a while, he says, I fit a description. I'm stealing a TV. I didn't know all this. I'm just like, you know, getting whatever. So he puts me in the back of the cop car, takes me to the to the jail. And I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I see all the the bail bonds on the wall. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to call my mom. See what's what do I have to do to get out of here or to get out of this situation? And you got to remember, it's like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. So she don't pick up, of course. And uh, she probably wouldn't pick up anyway. (laughs) But um, yeah, they ended up 
getting my fingerprints and signing me in and doing all this stuff. And I sit in the jail. And the next morning, I thought we were going to see an actual judge. But it's a screen. It's just a screen that tells you what you did. And I'm getting in trouble for illegal uh, immigration. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an illegal immigrant or something. And then they hit me for a stolen television. And that my bond is set like at 5000 or 50000 I remember it just being ludicrous. The price was something crazy. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, how am I going to get out of this situation? Like, this is crazy. And I would talk to the guys, you know, and the guys in the jail were just laughing at me. And we ended up going to the pods. And I had the, in the pods for um, maybe two weeks or maybe a week or something. And I remember just, you know, I'm, I'm 18 years old at this time and I'm freaking out. And the guys just laugh at me, man. They're just laughing. They think it's a hilarious story, you know, that I just, you know, I just, you know, speak Spanish to this cop and he just sticks me in and they're like, I think you're good, man. Like you're going to get out and just, you know, just learn something here. And anyway, so they, they moved me to population, right? And from the pods, they move you to, to general population, gen pop or whatever you want to call it. So sure enough, they, they wake me up in the middle of the night. They put me in another you know, little van and I'm going with some guys and we end up in tent city. And like I said, they dress you up in pink. They give you some slippers and it's just tents, rows and rows of tents. And there is an inside. And I think the girls were inside, but we're outside. The guys are all outside. And, you know, I'm living off of ginger snaps and peanut butter. And all the guys are like, don't eat the, you know, don't eat the slop, man. You're going to, you know, you'll get the shits and you'll die. You'll die of dehydration, you know. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm just like surviving there. Um, <clears throat> so if anybody's been there, you know. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think a few months pass. And finally, I <clears throat> get to court. Obviously, they proved I'm a citizen. You know, I have a social you know, my thumbprints, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a citizen. That's the point. I have a social security number. And my public defender is just talking to this judge, like whispering or something. And he knocks on and he, they take me in chains and we get to this dark room and he's like, all right, man. He goes, sign that paper. You know, you're just going to do a year. He goes, it says two years, but you're going to get out for good behavior. You're going to do one year. Sign that right there. You're guilty. I was like, dude, you're supposed to be defending me, man. And you're over here making me sign this. Like, nah, bro. My dad, he, this same thing happened to my dad. Nah, this, this is bullshit. This, this is not going to, I'm not going to say guilty, man. My dad taught me something. He pled guilty to rape. The girl said she, she, you know, she got raped. And my mom said, fight, fight. But my dad being an idiot, he pled guilty because he thought it was his first you know, offense, he's going to get off light and he knows he didn't rape that girl. And that girl knows he didn't rape her. And my mom was like, well, they were all over each other. Roberto. I would stick up for him till the end of time. And that's why my mom never left my dad till later, because she, she knew she was at that party. And she said, I saw, you know, I saw that girl kissing on your dad. And I knew, I knew they were going to hook up that night. And you know, it's my husband and it disgusts me, but at least I, I know that he didn't rape her, that she wanted it. And I told that I'm not going to sign nothing. They, my dad told me never plead guilty, never say never, never. And I'm telling you right now, if you ever get in trouble for a crime, if you're listening across this wave, don't ever say guilty. Always plead not guilty. They want the easy way out. You don't give them an easy way out. You say not guilty. They're not going to fight. If they don't have evidence, they're going to they're going to keep reducing your sentence. They'll reduce your sentence until it's nothing. 
I pled not guilty. I said, I'm not writing no guilty. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sign this piece of paper. I said, you need to look for me, man. I'm a college student. I go to Collins. My social is 65. I gave him my social. I, I gave him my phone number. I told him the girl's names, blonde and brunette. I told him it was my TV. And he's like, okay, okay, relax. He goes, Hey man, I didn't know we, he goes, you know what? I'll look for you, man. I'll look for you. I didn't know all this information. He goes, I'm going to look for you. Well, they stick me back in, in tent city and maybe like another week goes by and I see this guy, man, coming on the dirt road and I'm like, oh, awesome. It's my defender. <laughs> well, he's there to see a lot of people, but <clears throat> yeah, he's like, don't worry. We're going to get you out of here. I was like, well, just undo my, just undo my things and let's go. <laughs> he's like, no, it's not that simple. And he goes, but we did find you. It is your TV. You were correct. He goes, but you know, <clears throat> we have to go through this process. And they give me a nice, you know, they get me inside, they feed me a decent meal, um, you know, they, they give me a bed and they give me like pillows and blankets and they, you know, I feel like I'm a guest rather than a prisoner. And another two weeks goes by and I finally get out and uh, the same judge saw me and she goes, you know, we're sorry, we apologize and, you know, sometimes this happens, blah, 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 blah. She comes up with the stuff and they end up giving me a check. I, th- I want to say it's like a hundred or fifty dollars a day for false imprisonment or something. Either way, it was like a four thousand, five thousand dollar check. It wasn't as much as you think. I should have sued, but I didn't know all this, you know. Back, I didn't know any anything. I was a eighteen year old guy. I just know I was angry. You know, getting out I was so angry at the girls. <clears throat> so that's the first place I went. You know, was to um, Brunette's house, and I saw my car. My car was still there. Everything was in my car. Thank God. And all I hear is come through the apartment and I break down the door and I'm so angry telling everybody, get out, get out the apartment. This is my, get out. And, you know, brunette grabs me and the girls grab me and they, they get me inside the bedroom and, you know, she's telling me, Robert, we didn't know. We didn't know that you were in prison. We didn't know. We didn't know because we thought you were hustling. We thought you were out there doing your thing. We didn't know. We, we love you and we're sorry. And if we would have known, we would have helped you. We just didn't know. And she's like, can we get you anything? And I'm like, give me a burger, you know, a cheeseburger or something from McDonald's, something a bur- Burger King's across the street. Give me some food. <laughs> and I always laugh on Iron Man when I hear him say a cheeseburger. Give me a cheeseburger because <laughs> it reminds me of that's how you feel. You just want some normalcy. You just want something normal. You just want to you just want a piece of I don't know. You want something. And <clears throat> I can't explain the feeling, but it's an ugly feeling. And uh, one of the girls go gets me a burger and. <laughs> And, you know, she's apologizing and she goes, we're still paying you. I'm still paying you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) And uh, I was like, I didn't even think about checking my account, you know. And uh, I had this sidekick, too. It was awesome. You could flip it open. And I'm over here checking the account. And you got to remember, I was in for like four months. And I I collected rent for both these girls. <clears throat> and I didn't spend any cash plus the, you know, four or five grand that I was about to put in. And I'm looking at the money like, oh man, no problem. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I'm like, there's no problem here. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I even, I even go into blonde, blonde's, uh, apartment and I thank her for keep depositing the cash and, you know, <clears throat> but I, I think that's, that's really what changed me is being in there and, you know, I thought after that, if they see me as a brown person, I might as well act like a brown person and or, you know, as a Mexican, if they see me as an as a, you know, they see me as a criminal. That's what I'm going to be a criminal. So from that moment on, 
that's really where it got worse and it it got really bad um but i guess the only lesson you could take out of this really is always plead not guilty um and i can't tell you how many times that's worked out for me not guilty um and it go like i said they just they talk it down they talk it down and sometimes they drop the charges or sometimes they you know they just tell you oh well just show up for one class and we won't even put it on your record and that's really what you want um take that deal all day if they won't put it on your record <laughs> but um yeah uh again uh, good luck out there and if you're brown or if you're black or if you're a different color skin you know it's america and i think things are getting better i'm not really sure <laughs> i haven't been to the city in a while um but I can say that just because somebody sees you as a certain color, you shouldn't act as a certain color. Um, if anything, act the opposite. And um, I know I did. I put on that that face for a long time and I would, you know, act a certain way. And after a while, I felt like, well, they saw me as brown. I'm going to act brown. And I did. I acted Mexican and started being Mexican. And I started saying, this is what I think it is to be Mexican. And that wasn't the right route, I think. And now that I've had kids, you know, I don't want them to act like that and think like that. I want them to believe, you know, that police are just. I want them to believe that, you know, people have the best intentions. And, you know, yes, there is. I'm going to have to eventually teach them that there is bad people in the world and life isn't all, you know, rainbows and sunshine. But I, I think first we should put some kind of foundation that says you want to be a model citizen, that the police are just, and give them the right ideas. And it's not till they get older that I'll tell them, you know, but, <laughs> give them that but, you know. Um, you know. Anyway, thank you for listening to this, and I hope you learned something.